it's almost like with some people, you're the villain until they're ready to come back and be the hero of their own story, right? I think every single one of those has a, a time and a place. We've all been the villain. We've all been the victim. We've all been the hero and we've all been the guide. The question is, what do you do when you find yourself in each of those? You can't be the guide unless you've already been the hero of that journey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Speaking of third options, Amy, let's answer some questions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. Um, so the first one, we actually had several come in. Um, so the first one is how important is it to face your insecurities from a place of strength, whether it be the safety of a trusted counselor or the strength of a character point from within? My goodness. You go first. You're, you're nodding your head. I would say both, but you can't bring to a counselor that which you haven't admitted to yourself. But what I will say is it actually... And again, coaching is a lot like therapy. It's not exactly the same. Um, I think coaching is more goal-oriented. But a lot of the stuff and the work that I do with my clients is more on the therapy end. Um, My goal with my clients is to uncover insecurities so they're aware of them and then help them understand them and then help them overcome them in that order. And so to answer the original question, yeah, I I think it's both. But I do think that if you feel like you need help, that's the best first step. Um, if you don't even know what you're insecure about or maybe don't feel like you have the tools to deal with it, it's kind of like hiring a personal trainer, right? We can all go to the gym and get in shape, but if we're a beginner, we should probably hire a, a personal trainer or a coach of some kind. I think it's that, um, I, but I think it's also both. You don't want to rely on your therapist, but you definitely want to help, help let them guide you. Yeah, I, I again, I would second that. It's awareness, it's figuring out where are we starting from? Where are we starting from and what's the one? I think with, with stuff like this, with fears and insecurities and stuff like that, I, this was the way I thought. I wanted to get rid of it immediately. I wanted to be, I wanted to be able to wipe the slate clean and, and not have it anymore. But it's not that. It's what's one small step we can take that gives us a new input, that gives us a new level of competence, that gives us, gives us a new level of belief. My goodness. <laughs> so that's what I would say. I would try to say it. That's what I would try to say. <gasps> oh, good stuff. Next question, Amy. What do you do if you are insecure around your family? How do you overcome the insecurity with them if you can't really push them out of your circle? That is a tough, tough question. I would say understand that... Okay, number one, why are you insecure? I'm guessing it's because you're different in some way, shape, or form. Understand that that's not a bad thing. It's not bad to be different. I think you have to dig into what is the actual fear. Is it losing love? Is it being judged? Is it not being successful? Is it having the fear that you'll never fit in and that's going to break the family apart? You know, it's, I think it's one of those things of... I would find a community who you can be yourself in. And then I would try to start breadcrumbing who you really are around your family. If you're insecure, it's probably because you're hiding from who you really are. 
And I, I would I would want more information on what the insecurity comes from, but that's what I would say to start. Kevin and I did an episode on uh, about the power of community and how some communities believe you should be like them. And I told this really intense story of this guy who said I was going to burn in hell for eternity if I don't come to this thing on Sunday. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this is this is what's suppressing people. This is the problem. You believe that I should be the way you think I should be, not what I believe I should be. And I told him, my God, my spiritual self wants me to be what I believe, not, I'm not going to burn in hell, not at all. You don't even know me, right? So I do think that whether it's friends or family or colleagues or clients or everybody has their own sort of belief system about about who should be what and how the world should be. And I think understanding that's critical. But one of the things that I think is unique about our community and about a therapist or a, or the right coach is that they don't believe you should be like them. I don't, I don't go to my clients and believe they should be like me. I help them uncover their own core aspirations, their own core values, their own core beliefs. As a matter of fact, I so much don't believe they should be like me. I, I just tell them like, this is my perspective but my only goal is for you to choose. I don't want you to do it because I'm telling you to. I want you to choose. I just want you to examine. And so to get back to the original question about family, families, all families have deep-rooted beliefs. You know, some families believe that education is the end-all be-all. Some families believe in entrepreneurship. You know, between speaking, podcasting, coaching, Kevin and I have thousands of hours studying human beings. Uh, We've got all the stats from all different walks of life all over the globe, you know? And it's like the one common theme that I know for sure is that most people believe people should be more like them. And I think that that's fundamentally incorrect. I think diversity is a wonderful thing. And I think if you want to like men, you should. I think if you want to like women, you should. I think if you want to, you know run for president, you should. I think if you want to be a bass fisherman, you should. I I just believe you should choose. I believe life's about choice. So the first thing to understand is that your family doesn't necessarily have that core belief and probably their family before them didn't and their family before them didn't. And so you're up against generational bias. And so I understand why you feel insecure around your family. Courageous conversation is the only solution I can think of or reallocating time. Try a courageous conversation and try to breadcrumb. I always say throw, put a breadcrumb down. Don't throw the whole loaf because that can burn a bridge. Um, but breadcrumb, what's that one conversation you can have of like, listen, honestly, and I did this with my mom, even if my mom was watching right now. I, I remember saying, mom, like, I love you. You've never started a business. You helped me go to business school. I've started multiple businesses. Like, why are you trying to tell me how to run my business? Like, I know what I'm doing. And she got to really coexist with me in that moment. And we really connected on like, you're right, like, why do I think you should do what I think you should do? It's like, mom, I got this. David Meltzer, Evan Carmichael, Nick Cavuto, like they know businesses because they've built several. Like let me, right? I've got a mentor who literally was the CEO of like billion dollar tech companies and my mom still is like giving me this guidance of what she thinks I should do. And again, nothing against my mom. I love you if you're listening. But it's kind of one of those honest conversations of like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you trying to tell me how to run my business? Like, you don't even know this, right? So so that might help. It's helped me. Um, and again, do it with love, do it with kindness, do it with compassion, but you got to have courage. And that was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had. And, and even that's simple. But remember, it's the people we love most that we're so afraid to offend. 
Um, but that also can suppress us a lot. I think you also have to cross the chasm of belief. I know early in my journey, my family, they've always been supportive, but they didn't understand. Like when I left my job, they're like, you're going to go find another job. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this podcasting thing. And even at that time, I don't think I believed how sustainable it was. So I was insecure, right? Like if you assume people know more than you do. So if you're a new podcaster, you might be insecure in a room with Alan and I because you think we know way more than you. But what if you believe so much in the knowledge that you had? I know a lot of people go to their families with their dreams that they, they haven't either fully leaned into or they're afraid they're not going to get somebody to like say, yeah, you should definitely do this. Like you have my blessing. When I think you have to cross the chasm of belief on your own. Like, do you think who you are as a person, your aspirations, your values, and your beliefs are actually going to be worth it? I think that's a huge thing. I think it's the confidence of thinking what you're doing is right. Because if you don't, you're going to be insecure. Right. Right? I get insecure. I bought a car this weekend. I was super insecure because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Like, I don't know what's, what's going to happen here. But when I help people start podcasts, I'm not insecure because I know. I, I've done this before. I've done this enough times. I would say figure out how confident you are in what you're doing and who you are as a person because I feel like that's probably the answer. You think they you think they might know more than you about something you want to do and it's causing insecurity. Get a mentor or a coach. Uh, seriously, it's it's absolutely critical. It will solve so much of that because not only if you get the right mentor or coach, they have been through what you're about to go through and they can be a true guide. Um, and in the beginning, it's this weird thing. And then we'll move on to the next question. But it's this weird thing. Think about it this way. By the time Kevin and I are successful in the eyes of other people, we won't really need as much support because we're already like at the beginning of a dream. If you're insecure, right, it's like by the time you see what I see in my mind, I have this vision in my heart. Right. And I knew I saw all this. I saw the studio. I saw not the specific studio, but I saw a studio. I saw 600 episodes. I saw coaching. I saw speaking all over the world. In this case, we're speaking virtually all over the world. But it's like by the time these, the fam, you're, put it this way, by the time your family sees what you always knew, you won't really need support because it's already manifested. So you got to be real careful at the beginning. You got to be real careful at the beginning of, of, of a journey with whose advice you take. Um, and I think that's kind of what Kevin was saying. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest issues for our listeners that we've seen is not everybody has people in their corner trying to lift them to the next level. And even the people who are trying to help don't always know how. That's why Kevin and I created Next Level Group Coaching. It's a three-month program on teams of 10 with all people committed to achieving their goals. Click the link in the show notes for more information. And we only take 10 people at a time, so make sure you get in quick. What do we got, Amy? How do you build the courage to step out of your comfort zone when it means leaving most of your circle behind? One of my insecurities is drinking and all my friends whom, whom I love very much, we all, all we do is drink. You want to, I feel like you, you have a good perspective on this. Appreciate you brother. Um, yeah. So, um, I dealt with this a ton. I've been very honest about that. Uh, I think that you have to understand that this is, for, for me personally, I think this is one of the 
biggest challenges. I, this is my biggest challenge. Um, not only the alcohol, but like the losing of old friends. Uh, it's funny. We were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Just understand that you are where you are in life in large part due to the persons, the places, the things, and the ideas that you surround yourself with. Um, I do this thing with my clients called the life map. And we, we talk about what you invest in is either feeding you or bleeding you. Uh, for me, one of my most toxic relationships was my relationship with alcohol. I would feed it, aka drink, and I would have fun, but then it wouldn't pay dividends because then I'd be hungover for three, four, five days. And again, hungover for one day, and then I'd be like a little bit off, groggy, right? But every one of you out there right now, and whoever asked this question in particular, you have relationships that are feeding you or bleeding you, okay? Um, every single friend, is you're investing, let's say you're investing four out of ten, time, energy, and money in that relationship, or time and energy in this case. What if you're only if you're getting a six back? Great. See, you're getting a good return on your investment, fulfillment, love, joy, health, wellness, whatever. Right. Listen to this podcast. You're investing twenty minutes of your time. Hopefully, you're getting back Billion. better choices. Yeah, right. A ton back. Right now, you're investing your time. Hopefully, you're getting a return on your investment. So the first thing to understand is it's going to hurt saying no to old persons, places, things, and ideas. And but you have to if you want to start saying yes to new persons, places, things, and ideas. And for me, when I quit drinking and I traded you know, my label of alcoholic in for bodybuilder and athlete, I all, you know, two years after that, three years after that, all my friends were bodybuilders and athletes. Um, I remember there was just one friend who came to a party at my house after one of my fitness shows and nobody drank. And it was a friend from college who had been to the old parties at my house. And he's like, it is unbelievable how much everybody's changed. You know what changed is I changed. All my associations changed. And there was hardly anybody drinking, which back in high school, we would have all been drinking, right? Uh, The tail end of high school, just so everyone knows. But like, I think you have to understand that this is par for the course. I've never, ever met anyone who achieved their dreams without without reallocating time to new and better and more fulfilling relationships. I think you got to communicate. I, you have to communicate how you feel, and then I think you have to communicate new boundaries. I was talking to somebody about this recently, and they said, I had a tough conversation with my friends and said, look, I can't be the guy who just hangs out and drinks in the garage on Fridays and Saturdays anymore. Like, I really want to do this thing. I have this going. I have this aspiration, this ambition. I think a lot of us are afraid to say what we really want. And I would start with that. If you already have, then maybe it's time to set some some hard boundaries of like, I'll come hang out with you guys, but I'm not going to drink, that sort of thing. Or maybe change the venue. Like, yeah, let's go to, I mean, let's go to a park or let's go somewhere where there's not alcohol. I think that's a an important thing. But I mean, I think Alan has a very unique perspective on that. So I think it's uh, that's super important. Um but I know I cut a lot of people out of my life and I don't know, I think I could have reallocated time better than cutting them out. So maybe maybe start with that. I would say boundaries, telling them what you are and what you really feel and give them a chance, give them an opportunity to, to make a change. And then if they don't, then you'll have to make some sort of change. Yeah, people say you've changed. It's like, yes, yes I have. That's That was on purpose. <laughs> that was by design. Please love me, right? <laughs> Uh, no, you don't have to beg for that. But seriously, it, it, if you're going to grow, you have to change. Growth implies change. And so, yeah. What do we got, Amy? 
Do you think that being the victim or the villain has its time and place, or is it always going to carry a negative connotation? Ooh, great question. We had a recent breakthrough where Alan, for many people, has is the the villain Mm -hmm. because Alan is a mirror for habits and knowledge and all that. I think Alan handles it with grace, and I think in the long run, it's almost like with some people, you're the villain until they're ready to come back and be the hero of their own story, right? I think every single one of those has a a time and a place. One of the stories I tell is Alan and I and Matt, I think, went to a mansion meetup mm. networking thing and they were serving free wine and the kids not want to turn down free wine. So I had some free wine. And on the ride back, the guy was talking about how he'd been in like 16 accidents. And I was like, honestly, this is a terrible idea. Like you, you're a terrible driver if, if this is the truth. I was the villain in that car ride. I was trying to be funny and I wasn't being funny. I There's a reason I remember that story because for me, being the villain is very painful. Super, super painful. So does that serve a purpose? Yeah, it makes me not ever want to be the villain again. It makes me realize how badly I felt. It went against my core values as a human. I want to be a good person. I didn't feel like a good person. So I think every single one of them serves their purpose. As long as you learn the lesson and try to leave the pain behind and understand that a mistake is always okay to make as long as you're not making the same one on repeat. Yeah, so I think we've all been the villain, the victim, the hero, and the guide, and I think we all are at all times in a weird way. Um, it just depends on the arena and the area. And and um, there's the analogy of the good wolf and the bad wolf. We all have, you know, on one shoulder the highest self, the good wolf, and then on the low shoulder the bad wolf. And, you know, there's that ancient parable of, like, which wolf wins the fight? They're always fighting, and it's the one you feed because the wolf that you feed is stronger, right? That whole thing. Um, I think being the villain for all of us is massive perspective. Um, If we've ever been unkind to an intimate partner or we've ever made jokes at someone else's expense Mm. or we've ever you know, I don't know, done things that we're ashamed of. I think that it, it gives us compassion and perspective. Um, and I think guilt is a good thing, and I'm weird with that. Uh, I think regret, guilt, and shame are a good thing if you do the right thing with it. Bear with me. When you're the villain, if you feel guilty, good. You should feel guilty. I'm weird with that. A lot of people don't like what I'm saying. I want you to feel guilty so that you do something about it. I'm on chapter 32 of this life. When I was 16, I did something that I think was a poor choice. And I remember that and I learned from it so that I don't do that again. Whereas most people just excuse it all away. Like, oh, no big deal. No, 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 no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. That's not how you improve. It's not how you improve. And so... We've all been the villain, we've all been the victim, we've all been the hero, and we've all been the guide. The question is, what do you do when you find yourself in each of those? And the last thing I'll say about this is, you can't be the guide unless you've already been the hero of that journey. So for example, I'm not, I'm not going to be your guide. Kevin made a joke earlier um, about like how he and I will never give birth, right? And there's a lot of people in this industry that are trying to be guides to people when they never did it, they never went through it. Right, So if Kevin dealt with porn addiction, he can be a better guide than someone who didn't. Right, Just like if I've dealt with alcohol, 
I can be a better guide than Kevin because I know what that feels like and I've, and I've overcome it 700 days, right? So that's the thing. Be careful of who you're getting guidance from. Make sure they've actually been through that journey. Yeah, and I think you do have to kind of go through all of them. For like sure. you definitely have to go through the victim, hero, and the guide. Yeah. I don't know if you have to go through the villain, but like think about it. And Evan Carmichael says this, your purpose comes from your deepest pain. One of the reasons I am where I am and doing what I am and partnered with Alan and Next Level You and the team and all that is because at one point I wanted to kill myself. And it's, I want to be the person I needed when I was at my lowest point. So I was the victim of my own story. I then became the hero of my own story. And again, through other guides. And now I've become the guide to other people. And I think that's the ultimate goal is to get safe and then teach other people how to get safe. Whatever get safe means to that person. Fire. 7 p.m. on the button. Yeah. What do you say? I we wrap this up. I think we wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, scrolling across the bottom of the screen, if you are looking to get to the next level with one-on-one coaching, please DM myself or Alan at neverquitkid at alazarus88 on the gram. You can also reach out to us here. Uh, we are taking on, I believe Alan has two spots remaining. I have three. And again, we've both found success and then we realize that's not what it was, and we want to make sure that we're helping other people find success, fulfillment, joy, and happiness. So reach out to us if you are interested. There's always a next level no matter where you are. Uh, next level you. My favorite pun ever. Next level you. It's about you. And honestly, Kevin and I are at your service too. That's the thing about being a client. It's like imagine if you had our minds, our hearts, and our souls invested in your success. Um, you know, I, I'm literally up at night at times thinking about you know, Tiff's future or Amy's future or Kevin's future or my future. It's, it's, it's a team. So get it, get a part of this community. If you already love this show and you love the meetups and all that, like imagine how much better it would be. Remember proximity is power. The closer you get, the better off you'll be. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we love you. We appreciate you. We do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.